Hello, and welcome to Menage a Moi, a podcast about women who do themselves. I'm your host, Chelsea Beck. So some of you may not know this about me, but before I became a pseudo-therapist, wannabe sexologist, nosy Nelly podcaster, I worked in the field of contemporary art, first as an artist and then as a curator. And I'm always looking for ways to bridge the worlds of sex and art as if they're two different worlds, which they're not really. I believe the two practices are inextricably linked by desire and connection. I've used the phrase inextricably linked, which is not really my own, but my guest today, who is an artist and a cardiothoracic ICU nurse, uses it a few times in the course of our conversation. And you'll see, Lindsay seems like one of those people who, metaphorically speaking, no matter what they order at a restaurant, the smartest thing to do in that situation is say, I'll get the same thing. Kind of like that famous restaurant scene in When Harry Met Sally, except Sally would also be ejaculating as well as moaning at the restaurant table. You follow me? This is one of my favorite conversations. I know you're going to like it as well. I'll see you on the other side. I need some fixes. Thanks for coming on the show, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. Our mutual friend Karina said I had to talk to you. Said you'd be a great guest on my show. And um, why do you think she, she said that? Well, we were climbing Baldy and somehow, Mount Baldy, that is. Mount Baldy. Um, and I don't know if we were starting to talk about masturbation and you came up or... How did masturbation come up <laughs> while you were climbing? So we were with Jennifer West. I'm actually not quite sure, but we definitely started talking about masturbation and then she, I think, brought up Menage au Ma. So... I thought that was so interesting that you would want to talk to people about masturbation and and then asked if they had seen this piece that I made a while ago, this glass piece uh, where there's a woman ejaculating. And they hadn't, and I thought that it would be interesting for them to see because, yeah, it's a piece that I really like that I made. So that's how it came up. It's a pretty large stained glass piece with the ejaculate is these kind of all like looks like shards or crystals kind of fountaining out of a vagina. That's right. Yeah. So it's a totally clear. I mean, it's hard when I say stained glass, people always imagine kind of gaudy, different colors. Um, but so the glass is clear and then the, what is the ejaculate is represented by these blue blades of kyanite, which is a mineral that is translucent and yeah, holds light. And so... And the piece is from 2004, right? 
were somewhere in there. Yeah. Early 2000s. Like yeah. 2000s, 2004 or five, something like that. But that was like, that was before everyone was into female ejaculation, I think. <laughs> it was like before it got mainstream. Okay. Um, I didn't even really, I'm not even really aware how mainstream it is, but uh, it's something that... Now it's something everyone wants to do. <laughs> okay. I've always wanted to see representation of female ejaculation that somehow embodies the way I feel about it and that uh, I want it to be, well, stained glass, I guess I associate with, you know, originally it's um, has a religious connotation or, you know, definitely architectural. Um, it's elevated. It's, um, you know, it was that it was used to teach people um uh, in terms of, you know, representation of, of religious ideas. So, you know, it definitely has a connotation of, of power and of light. And so I wanted to depict female ejaculation in this really ethereal way. Um, hence the clear glass and not in a, in a necessarily pornographic way. Um, you know, not in a gritty way, in a very, like, clear, clean, and light way. Um, so... And I'd, I'd say you're, you are successful in those, <laughs> in your goal of, it's not, it's, it, it seems very, like, a, a little, a, like, a moment of celebration that's just for the, for the person ejaculating that's yes. depicted. Yeah. 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 Not, not for, not for an audience. Yeah. Well, although the art piece is for an audience. Yeah. Right. I have to be honest and say, I don't think I knew women could ejaculate in 2006. I did not know that. So how, how were you, how did you know about this? Um, well, I guess I've always known and that I've always been able to do it. So uh, I think I discovered it in... 1983 <laughs> old school ejaculator <laughs> um, so, so um how old were you in 1983 i was 10 10 yeah and like what did you what had happened what did you think was happening something amazing i don't know <laughs> was it the first time you masturbated i don't really know if it was the first time or the second time or the third time like I I in that all of those times were in one day um, <laughs> so I figured out that I could masturbate when I was home from school I was sick um, in that you know I wasn't uh, somehow I had either gotten out of school or I, w I was definitely home and it was a school day and I was in bed and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, touching myself and I was like, whoa. And then what I remember next is that I stayed home like an extra two days <laughs> because I was like, I have to just continue experiencing this miracle. So how am I going to do that? So somehow I, I achieved that. 
Um, so, so how did I feel about it? I really didn't have any, any other, I don't have any memory of feeling strange or bad about it or any kind of like, um, moral issue with it. Just, just kind of being mesmerized and tantalized by this new talent. Are you, and are you talking about the orgasm? Are you talking about the ejaculation or is that there, are they always the same thing? Like, is it every time you orgasm, you also. No, it's not every time. I have to kind of continually orgasm for, for it to work. Usually sometimes it really, I feel like I could chart it with, with my monthly cycle and that there's times where it's much more prevalent and extreme. Um, so, uh, but it's not every time. And I think that that probably has something to do with hydration or, um, you know, body fluid status, um, uh, or, or just also like if I'm with another person, you know, I, I have control over it. I don't have to do it if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so does it feel better when you do it? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And then I, I mean, I just think that f- female orgasm is so complex and that it's not just one thing. And I guess I'm just so astounded and really, I guess, beguiled by the fact that female ejaculation is this controversial and elusive event in female sexuality. And that the idea that it like doesn't exist is... Well, for me, that that's upsetting. I don't. Know. Yeah, like, you are living uh, proof. Um. So, and it came very naturally because I because uh, some of the guests that I've had on the show are trying to do it. Yeah. Like it's like something that you read like a how to guide on, and then like yeah, touch certain areas or yeah. Um. But. But for for you, you didn't have to. It just like happened all on its own, and so I feel incredibly grateful. Yeah, for that. Um, you know, I wonder if uh, you know, women's relationship with their bodies and the whole history of kind of not um, in one way or another that culture disallows us to be to have you know real intimate relationship with our bodies so that like the full potential of of our experience is somehow you know is somehow stunted or that anatomically you know there's people you know whatever in your childhood gym class like there's the kid that's like doing a million backflips and how does that you know somehow they have the you know, muscle mass and body um, form and uh, athletic ability to be able to do that. So what you're saying is you're an elite <laughs> orgasm haver. <laughs> you are a part of the you know, no, elite I am class. So lucky is what I am. <laughs> so lucky. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but I do. I think that it's 
uh, does fall into this category of, you know, the fact that it's controversial at all. Like, a lot of women out there are saying that they can do this, and people are like, we don't really believe you, you know? And, and that is, to me, just, like, part of this whole, like, the paradigm hasn't shifted enough to not kind of deny, defy, or in some way make invisible this aspect of female sexuality um you know that is that exists so the heights and depths of our pleasure and our pain are you know so hard for dominant culture to assimilate I feel like most men that that I know that I've talked to about about it with are like that's awesome but I'm sure that it could be intimidating. You know, I mean, is that it? That it's, that it's oh, like, I might be able to ejaculate more than, than the guy next to me? Like, is that, you know, is that intimidating? Um, I don't know. Guys are, like, intimidated <laughs> by women that make more money than them. That's, like, I, I feel like guys are very easily intimidated, it sounds like. <laughs> but, you know, I haven't been queer like I've, I guess I've always been queer uh I just you know I've definitely been with men and I've, I I think like early on in my sexuality I think that if it happened you know I do remember really early on being like did you just pee on me right you know or and and me being like oh my god I never ever thought about it is urination and that like so because we're having this conversation I was like you know I'm a nurse I have to like do my research um so I'm going into like you know PubMed and seeing what's out there right now and like studies from 2017 are still asking the question of whether this exists and then also you know not really talking about the subjective experience of female ejaculation but but really trying to do chemical testing on what that material actually is. And is it ejaculate or is it urine? And that I feel like, number one, is upsetting because it desexualized. Like incontinence is something that, you know. Not sexy. Not sexy. (laughs) Just let's go out and say it. Incontinence (laughs) is not sexy. You know, unless, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, percentage of the population that, you know, like, loves to be peed on. I don't, I don't know, but that. But that's different than incontinence. But that's not what we're talking about. That is, (laughs) that is totally different. But, you know, I think it's really interesting. I would love to do some testing on what, what that material is. I just can tell you for sure that it's not urine. Um, in that it doesn't smell, it's clear, it doesn't... Also, you know, the way that one needs to pee after sex, like, even right after, you know, this happens, I need to urinate, like, the next person. Right. Which doesn't make sense. But they've done, like, ultrasound, you know, the bladder prior to the to female ejaculation and then after. And, and then I, I guess it does have some chemical um, compounds that are, you know, similar to urine, but... But the actual experience, like, I'm a nurse. I know what it means to hold my pee or anybody who's gone on a a long road trip knows what it means to, you know, finally get to urinate. And, like, that's a kind of great feeling of emptying your bladder. But that is not the same as as ejaculating. Yeah. And that it, like, um, 
It's just a totally different event. I mean, it's interesting because the medical establishment, I think, like, so that's why the clitoris isn't really acknowledged very much because there's no, like, reproductive purpose necessarily right. to the clitoris. And so it's like, oh, well, then we just don't need to talk about it. <laughs> um, and it sounds like similar to female ejaculation. It's like if there's no purpose that we can see to this fluid and it only comes out during orgasm like why would the medical community need to yeah. really take it seriously or no I mean I definitely th think that they should do research on life-threatening disorders far before they <laughs> you know understand the chemical compound of my ejaculate but I I feel like you know it would be also nice to 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 just come out and say, you know, this actually happens and it's a, and tie it to the subjective experience of, of women who actually have this happen and say, yes, this occurs, move on, moving on. I think that's just, yeah, part of acknowledging like the full potential of what it means to be a woman. Ejaculating. It's very inextricably linked to my own masturbation. Um, and then in terms of my sex life, I feel like it, you know, sometimes it's something that people really, really want to experience. So then it becomes very linked to our experience. I guess it, it's harder for for people to accomplish that with with my body than it is for me to accomplish. So I feel like that I very much incorporate masturbation with sex mm -hmm. um, in that that I really like to to feel that and experience that. So um, so it's kind of like a back and forth. You know, there's just like ways in which you can be with somebody and be masturbating and then you're you're doing that to them and you're doing it to yourself and it's like this, you know, very fluid back and forth. Like ha ha fluid. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So that's kind of how 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 I do it. Have any of your partners also been able to do it? Yes, but not to the extent that so not with the frequency, I guess. That, mm -hmm. In that respect, I just really feel like it's so anatomical, like the, um, that it's definitely something that I think that everybody can achieve, but I think some bodies do it so much easier. And that's, you know, something to do with glands and structural differences and who knows what. Right. You've had many years of masturbating. Many. Many, many <laughs> fulfilling years. That's right. What would you say you've learned and has it changed over those years? Well, I think the biggest change, so f for a really long time, I did not associate masturbation with any kind of desire or objectification of anybody else. It didn't involve anybody else. It was this really somatic, really meditative experience that I provided myself with. And it was so linked to 
pretty much, you know, all different aspects of being, you know, being a young person, being a teenager, being a young adult, you know, it was so linked to reading and writing. And, um, Meaning you would explain that a little masturbate more. all the time. Yeah, you would just like be like, oh, I need a break. Yeah. And like, would you feel like you were turning, like something you were reading or writing would kind of end up being a turn on and you would be like, I need to go masturbate. Or was it like your body just was like, you need to go masturbate right now. Yeah. Was it, was it like, but I really, so it, it wasn't until I got to college that I met this great woman who we started talking about masturbation. And that was really the first time where I could really share, you know, what I've been doing. And she had compared to me this seemingly like a Rolodex of fantasies that she, you know, would would finger through <laughs> to, you know, what for the appropriate mood and moment that she was in. And I was shocked. Like, that was the first time where I was like, something's wrong with me. Not the fact that I could, you know, ejaculate or that I masturbated, you know, a huge portion of my childhood. Um, it was that I was doing it wrong, that I was doing it, um, you know, without some other person to yeah, to kind of stimulate me, you know, whether it was a real person or a fantasy, I, that wasn't kind of what was at stake in my masturbation. What was at stake was this, was so much more like corporeal, but also ethereal in that I would have, you know, it was, I could see all these colors and light and like fleeting forms and um so it was kind of this really profound and beautiful thing not that not that like fantasy and erotic fantasy isn't beautiful it was just like I was on a totally different trajectory and then so then I so I realized that I was doing it wrong, you know. Well, well, well what, that's interesting. Is why I mean, I'm, you talk I'm to saying one that person, in right, right. But you talk to one person, <laughs> they do it differently, and you like assume you're the one that's like in the wrong. Well, it, in a way, you know, just the way I just felt like her seemed so much more normalized. Like, right. of course, like I just you know with pornography, like you know to. That just seemed, and like, why had I never thought of that before? And then, so that kind of really opened things up. I was like, oh, like I could think about having sex with somebody. <laughs> and then also, I think it also played into my sexuality in that, like, if I wasn't kind of objectifying or eroticizing somebody else and I was kind of having sex with myself, then I was having a sex with a girl, namely me, so I must be gay. Like, this was my thinking. Wow. Yeah. So then, you know, I, out in the world, like 10, 11, 12, I, you know, had this thought that I, that, I, that I must be gay. And that took me, you know, a while to flush out. You must have had to separate that. Masturbation is one thing and loving myself is one thing. And then being gay is something separate from that. How did you... 
I mean, kind just of parse. by having sex with just people. By, yeah, like, yeah. this is really different. Yeah. Like, having another woman in my bed rather than just me being the only woman here yeah. is different. Yeah, but that makes sense. But this is, like, childhood thinking, you know, where, right. like, you make these big declarations and um, in retrospect, they become really funny. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was just trying to kind of understand myself uh, and rationalize this behavior. You know, I've talked to lots of people who just like that masturbation, like, yeah, they figured it out, but then, you know, they didn't really partake in it that much. And so that was really, that was really different. And I did definitely think, oh, I might have a problem here, you know, um, in that I just thought, wow, I really enjoy this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> is it something that, I mean, is it something you still enjoy a lot? Absolutely. Yeah. It's so interesting, all the ways in which it provides and that it brings such great solace to me <laughs> and and beauty and comfort and and excitement. And really can be used as, like, pain relief and, you know, psychological, physical, when you have your, like, cramps. It, it just can serve so many purposes. I mean, I'm rarely bored. I, I'm not a bored person, but, and I rarely have free time. But when I do, I'm like, oh, that is a great use of it. And since you're a medical professional, you're a cardiothoracic intensive care nurse. That's correct. Correct. That has nothing to do with sex, right? It doesn't. No, but <laughs> but since you are a medical professional and also someone who seems to really like masturbating, is it something that you think people could benefit from medically if it were taught or talked about more? And are there, I mean, it sounds like you think there are health benefits. Yeah, I mean, in... The hospital, I'm an urban Zen therapist, so along with being a nurse, I um, do this work that's a combination of therapies, yoga, breath awareness, Reiki, essential oils, and body scan. And with that work, I'm spending, you know, being present with patients who are having symptoms of pain, anxiety, nausea, insomnia, constipation, you know, symptoms that we normally relieve with medications. And so this is kind of like a non-pharmaceutical way, um, alternative way to, to manage um, discomfort. And especially the body scan, I feel like really what I'm doing is taking that person out of their hospital sick self and kind of reintegrating them into this whole and full body and therefore, you know, connecting their mind with their body, reintegrating them with their somatic self. And I think that's what masturbation does. It's, I have never linked, you know, a body scan with masturbation per se in my head, but I do think that that has a similar effect in that bringing your body to this kind of like peak of stimulation and you know this kind of body but at the same time kind of ethereal place is um yeah so beautiful in a way of 
bringing everything together, mind, body, soul. And so in this work that I do, somebody who's just like writhing in pain and just so terrified and so anxious and breathing, you know, 50 breaths a minute, you know, within a very short amount of time, I can bring them to a place of complete calm, if not sleep, within, you know, minutes. So, um, and I think that's, you know, similar to what masturbation can do. You can be kind of so frantic and upset about something. And I mean, usually I don't masturbate in, at that moment. But <laughs> I think that like, you know, the sense that one has after one masturbates is, you know, I think you it basically engages what we call the um, parasympathetic nervous system. And that is, um, you know, rest, digest. Um, it's a very calm state. You know, it's like, postcoital relaxation body is very much at peace you know in terms of holistic health like understanding your whole body and being aware and bringing your attention to your full potential as a human being in a body um, masturbation is so important and for your relationship to sex like I think sex is so important and masturbation is kind of this baseline experience that you can share with other people or learn from your own body to provide for other people it's um it's i feel like it's inextricably linked to sex and wellness in the body i've done a couple of these guided meditations and aside from when I masturbate and kind of have these visualizations, meditation is the only other time that I kind of sit down and have these active visualizations. And I think there's some nice crossover yeah. between those. You know, as an adult, we don't use our imaginations very much. You don't, you don't fully picture something else in your mind. I mean, I find myself doing both of those things for meditation and masturbation. I mean, I was definitely masturbating before I was meditating. I started meditating when I was like 16. That's um, still also pretty early for a regular meditation practice. Yeah. I went to the local New Age bookstore in my town and went to meditation groups there. I guess I've always been kind of seeking that experience and the peace and being present that both meditation and masturbation inspire. But I've never really until today linked those two things. <laughs> so, but they're completely linked in my, in, in my experience in that it really is a focus on an initial focus on the body. And then this thing happens where your, your body kind of falls away in that you're experiencing kind of this larger being that you are. You know, in meditation, it's like you're focusing on your breath. I kind of focus on different points in my body and send my breath there. And then at a certain point, you know, that's kind of not, not even necessary. You're kind of in a different space, in a space where, you know, thoughts are kind of free to pass through, but you're not really um, focused on them. And masturbation is 
it's so similar. Like it originates in the body, but then it just becomes so much more profound. If you'd like more information about Menage à Moi, visit us at menageamois.org. Music on the show is by Annie Rossi. I will talk to you in two weeks. Bye.